last weekend, the V8 supercars went across the ditch. For the final time, they will visit Pukekohe Raceway ahead of the V8 supercars moving to a street circuit in Hamilton next season. Peter Norton, now V8 correspondent, joins us on the line now, and it looks like the Toll HSV dealer team is going to be the absolute front runners for the rest of this season after they had picked up their second consecutive championship round win. And after scoring great points in the opening round at Clipsal 500, where another Walkinshaw performance team managed to take the victory on that occasion. Yes, Craig, you're spot on. The, the Toll HSV dealer team are clearly the team to beat this year. The only other team that's getting close to them is Holden Racing Team, but they're just lacking that little bit of consistency with a couple of niggling problems that have uh, dropped them down just a little bit. Unfortunately, it's daylight next before any of the Ford runners. Peter, the Pukekohe circuit is one of the fastest that they do get to visit throughout the seasons and it's also very challenging in engineering because of so many different changes in conditions on that very short lap. Yeah, somehow I think that uh, many of the teams won't be regretting the departure from the track. It's been a tricky one. There's been some big accidents over the years. And, of course, this year uh, uh, also a couple of teams were in the wars and in the walls. Most notable was Paul Morris sticking his Commodore on his lid uh, after a bit of a tangle with Brad Jones going through one of the, uh, the twistier parts of the track. But one of the problems that has emerged was uh, some of the bumps that are appearing in the track. Uh, of course, they get to leave those behind uh, in uh, future years going to a new track at Hamilton. Racing was very competitive, and once again, qualifying has shown that he's a real winner in the 2006 to the once again, it's a winner in the 2007 season. Yes, it's quite compelling viewing on a Saturday afternoon to see them with their elimination rounds. And coming out on top for the first time in his career was Mark Winterbottom in the Falcon, uh, starting off pole position, which was really good to see uh, that young guy continue with his success. Unfortunately for Winterbottom, he couldn't achieve that sort of result in race number one. No, he uh, must have start just a little bit, allowing the, one of the Holdens to get in front of him, and he maintained that sort of position and battle throughout uh, race one and race two. Probably one of the most exciting parts of race two was the pit stops, where Mark Winterbottom got out probably just less than a metre in front of Garth Tander, but it all came undone as they headed into the very tight hairpin where Winterbottom locked up a brake, didn't just flat spot the tyre, absolutely shredded it, and an extra pit stop to replace that tyre that had gone flat really ruled him out of the results for the weekend. He was the leading Ford contender, and whilst that team, Ford Performance Racing, had struggled in the first two rounds, they'd come back so strong in the most recent race. Absolutely. Uh, they were really the, the strongest of the Falcon teams uh, this weekend in terms of outright speed, but they just couldn't put the consistency together. Uh, his teammate Stephen Richards also getting tangled up in a few incidents across the weekend, and uh, unfortunately that team really don't get the results that their, their car speed was uh, really showing they had the potential to take home. One thing I found fascinating was... Brightech Racing had to borrow a car from Brad Jones Racing for the weekend and it was noticeable just how much better performance Brightech, a, a, a very new team, was able to get out of a car that had been discarded by uh, Brad Jones Racing and really does show the, uh, the trouble that that team is in. Yes, uh, Jason Bright was able to transplant his engine and suspension and a whole lot of things onto that uh, shell borrowed from Brad Jones Racing. 
So it really was a uh, probably a half and half car. So I, I don't think you can say that uh, uh, Jason Bright is that much of a better driver. He's got quite a lot of very good components that he put onto that car. In qualifying, he or the practice before qualifying, he was going quite nicely up in 15th. The real qualifying, he was a bit lower, and he sort of battled through the weekend with a couple of kneeling problems, uh, some of which may have been because of the uh, hurried transplant of some uh, electrical electrical components and some other things about the throttle sticking. Um, yes, it'll be good to see him repair his original car and see if he can continue that battle up the uh, up the grid. I think that's one to watch later in the season. Well, Rick Kelly has managed to take out the win after very competitive racing across the weekend. Although this track, amazingly, has just been very, very Holden friendly over the years. Yes, I can't explain it. Maybe it's a, a little bit in the aerodynamics because it is such a high-speed track. That little something in aerodynamics may have been what uh, granted the Holdens that slight advantage. But Rick Kelly didn't really have it all his way this weekend. It was very close to being a Garth Tander benefit. Garth Tander uh, starting off second position in race number one, winning race number one, winning race number two, and it was only a, a troubled pit stop uh, after a safety car period that dropped him back in the order. Uh, in that pit stop, just that little uh, uh, little additional time of a second, maybe maybe two seconds, but then he had to give way to a whole train of cars in pit lane before he could rejoin the queue, and that really destroyed uh, uh, his chances of taking the hat trick. But he did finish the weekend equal on points to his teammate Rick Kelly, but Rick Kelly winning the third race, uh, he was granted the, the big trophies and silverware. Rick Kelly now picking up his second round win after winning a championship without a round win has really uh, set everyone's chins wagging in the media and, and the fans alike. Yes, a lot of sceptics probably uh, queried whether Rick Kelly really had the uh, what it took to be a, a champion because he hadn't won much last year. Uh, I think he's shown that he had the strategy. He played by the rules last year, or at least their interpretation of them. Some uh, Ford fans might argue. Um, but yeah, they had a strategy. They stuck to it and took away the championship. Now the rules have changed. They've amended their strategy, and he's coming out and winning races and winning rounds. Uh, I think his performance this year so far uh, backs up that he perhaps is a, a worthy champion. And I guess uh, some people were saying after Clipsal that he didn't really win that round because his brother Todd had more points than him. And I guess the people that do want to put down the youngster will once again come out and say, well, he was equal on points. But it's all adding up that he is no lame duck champion. No, I don't think the lame duck is a fair a description for him because he's consistently up there. Uh, he's not making mistakes where other people are. Um, he's got the speed. Uh, I look forward to seeing him in races to come where it is a door-handle-to-door-handle uh, uh, -door -handle battle. I think that's what the fans really need to see, to see uh, if he is that truly worthy champion for 2006 and perhaps 2007 because he's leading the championship now. Well, he's going to a track that he does enjoy, the Winton Motor Raceway, for the next round of the championship. And, well, it's a test track for a lot of the Melbourne-based teams. Yes, the, the track at Winton, not far from Wangaratta in Victoria. It's one of my favourites, uh, a fairly compact track, but it's got that country-friendly atmosphere and it does produce some pretty tight racing. The only probably shortcoming at that track is that it's very hard to pass in V8 supercars. The, 
uh, the effect of the aerodynamics and the, the close racing from the cars in front uh, makes it uh, pretty tricky to get past someone that's uh, even a bit slower, let alone if you're uh, uh, equal, equal car speed fighting out for the lead. But turn number one is always a cracker. It's nice and tight straight off the, uh, straight off the start line. That's the one where everyone will be watching. It is going to be a, a very interesting affair. The championship, Peter, as they head into round four, back on Australian soil, it's uh, an interesting one with Garth Tander and Rick Kelly right up the pointy end. Yes, that's right. Uh, a lot of people might... Uh uh, a lot of the cynics who are complaining about the Tom Walkinshaw juggernaut would say it's the proof is in the uh, in the championship standings at the moment. Rick Kelly out on front with 173 points, followed by Garth Tander 160. Todd Kelly from the Holden Racing Team 132, and rounding out the four cars that are engineered by Tom Walkinshaw is Mark Scaife on 104. So you could say it is the Walkinshaw team 1, 2, 3 and 4. The best of the Fords is Jamie Wincup, equal to Mark Scaife on 104 points. But then we get into a few Fords with James Courtney, Craig Lowndes, Mark Winterbottom, Stephen Johnson, Will Davidson, Russell Ingle. You have to look down to 12th to Greg Murphy for the next hold and running in the championship. Well, Peter, always a pleasure to catch up with you and we look forward to talking to you to win. Yes, I uh, look forward to reporting back after Winton. As I said, it's one of my favourite little tracks. I'm looking forward to, to it immensely. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.